This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to go with me to the gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6, and we'll begin this evening in verse number 45. Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 45. The Bible says, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away people and when he had sent them away he departed into a mountain to pray and when even was come the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land and he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into the villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. I'd like for you, if you would, to notice the Bible says in verse number 48 that Jesus came unto them walking upon the sea. I want to speak to you on that subject, walking upon the sea. Walking upon the sea. This is, of course, a very notable miracle. It is one that many in our world uh, speak about when they speak about Jesus walking on the water, walking upon the sea. Uh, we understand the story is that Jesus sent the disciples out after he had fed the multitudes. He sent them away into a ship. He told them to go to the other side, and he himself went up into a mountain to pray. While they were rowing to the other shore as they were seeking to get there. The Bible says the winds were contrary to them. The Lord had told them to go somewhere. They were endeavoring to go there, but they were having a hard time getting there. And so they weren't making progress. Do you ever feel like you, as a Christian or as a husband, a father, a wife, a mother, a student, an employee, as a servant of the Lord, just seems like 
all of your efforts are being expended with very little reward, very little is being accomplished, very little progress is being made. That's where the disciples were. The winds were contrary to them. And so the Lord Jesus up on the mountain praying, the Bible says in verse 48, he saw them toiling and rowing. It's comforting to know that Jesus sees us, isn't it? That we're not alone, that he hasn't forgotten us, but that he sees us. And so he came to them in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of this awful storm upon the sea. He came unto them in the darkest part of the night, and they saw him passing by. And they cried out. He came into the ship, and when he came into the ship, the winds ceased, and the sea was stilled, and there was great calm. I find it interesting that the Bible says that they, in verse 51, were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. And then the Bible gives us some very important insight, I believe, in this passage in verse 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Here are the disciples walking with Jesus, following Jesus. They'd been on the sea with Jesus at least one other time when a storm arose. Perhaps many more than what we're told, but at least in one other occasion... They were upon the sea with him, going across the Sea of Galilee. And he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. And they cried out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And the Lord Jesus arose. He He rebuked the winds and the waves. And there was perfect still on the sea. They had encountered that. They had experienced that together. And here they are again in the same type of situation. And how soon they had forgotten. Here they are in the aftermath of the feeding of the 5,000 when Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and began to create more loaves and more fishes and to feed the multitude. And the Bible says that as they were going through this storm, they did not consider that miracle, for their heart was hardened. I think I can relate to the disciples this evening. Can you? The Lord has been so good to us. The Lord has worked so many miracles in our lives. God has delivered us in our trials. God has been a very present help in the time of our trouble. We could all give testimony tonight of some dilemma that we faced and how God was so faithful to deliver us and bring us through. The disciples could raise their hand and tell the story about what happened that night on the sea when they cried out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And they could tell how Jesus arose and how he spoke to the winds and to the waves, peace be still. They could tell that story. They could talk about how that he commanded them to feed the 5,000, and they, they, they had nothing there to offer the people. All they had was five loaves and two small fishes, and despite the fact that that's all they had, 
when they gave it to Jesus, he blessed it, he broke it, he multiplied it, he gave it back to them, and when they gave it to the people, <laughs> he met the need of 5,000. Could we not give similar testimonies of how God has met our needs time and time again? And so I relate to these disciples tonight because I can see myself with them. Considering not, verse 52, the miracle of the loaves. Why? Because their heart was hardened. I want you to see some things as we look together in this passage. And first of all, I want you to note the purposes of Christ. The purposes of Christ. In verse 45, straightway he constrained them. He, he compelled them. His, his command went forward to them. And here's what he told them to do. To get into the ship and to go to the other side. He sent them there. He sent them to the other side. But when he sent them, he sent them with purpose. We read in the closing part of this passage in verse number 53 that when they passed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and drew near to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him, that's the people, the crowd, the multitude that was continuing to follow him. And the Bible tells us that they ran through the region and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. So we find that Jesus' work was to be continuously carried out. The need never subsides, and the work was to continuously be done. And so he sent them to the other side with a purpose, the purpose of completing the task at hand, the purpose of proclaiming the message of the gospel, the purpose of meeting the needs of the people and revealing to them who he was. That is his purpose, and that's his purpose today. That is his purpose that he uh, is fulfilling through us, through his church, through his body. We are to continually carry out the work that God has given us to do. That's why we exist as a church. We're not a social club. Uh, we're not a place where you come and get charged up for the week, although I believe if you come, you'll certainly be helped. But it, the purpose goes far more beyond that. The purpose is that we might carry the message of Christ to an unbelieving world. And so, his purpose was to send them to the other side. I don't know what destination God has in mind for you, but I know he has one. And on the other side, he has a task for you. And maybe you find yourself tonight like the disciples on the stormy sea confused and afraid, understand that God's purposes are established and they're sure. And not only do we see that they had a purpose here, but they had a promise that God was going to take them to the other side. And I want to tell you, the Bible says that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we can rest in his purpose and in his promise. So his purpose was to send them to the other side his purpose, secondly, was to secure them in the storm. The Lord Jesus Christ was not surprised that the storm arose. And by the way, he's not surprised that you're dealing with one if you are. And maybe you're not today, but maybe next week you will, or next month, or next year. 
Let me tell you that it does not take God by surprise. And so, as well as it was that they, uh, as his purpose that to send them to the other side, it is also his purpose to secure them in the storm. The purposes of Christ. The other purpose that he has in this storm is to show them their lack of faith. To show them, to reveal to them their unbelief. Because had the storm not come, we would have not known what verse 52 has to tell us. That their hearts had become hard. This doesn't mean that they were obstinate, that they, they were angry, that they were hard against God. What it means is that they were dull in their senses. Do you ever get dull in your Christian life? I'm tempted to answer that for some of you as I look at you tonight. You might be tempted to answer it for me. Things just get a little mundane. They get a little dull. And that's where the disciples find themselves. In the midst of the activity, in the midst of the responsibilities, in the midst of the burdens, in the midst of the raging sea, and they're a little bit dull. They're a little bit insensitive. Not, not just a little bit. They're a whole lot insensitive. And, and they have forgotten what God has done for them. And they're failing to look forward in faith. And they're failing to look, back, look backwards into the past and see the faithfulness of God. And so one of God's purposes for this storm is to show them their lack of faith purposes of Christ. I want you to see, secondly, the prayers of Christ. In verse number 46, the Bible tells us, and when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land, and he saw them toiling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them, And so we see the Lord Jesus. What is he doing? He is directing them into his purpose, but he is interceding for them in prayer. He's not on the ship. He's on the mountain. What is he doing on the mountain? He's praying. And as he's praying to his Father, as he's communing with him, and as he is in fellowship with his Father, the the winds arise and the sea begins to, to, to rage and the, 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 the storm is encompassing the disciples and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, saw them as they toiled in rowing. These men were laboring hard against the waves and against the wind to get to their destination. But it seems like for every step forward they went, They took two steps back. They were not moving forward. They were toiling and rowing. They were nearly exhausted with their own self-efforts, and they were making no progress. Have you ever been there? We've all been there, haven't we? When the winds are contrary to us. Why is it that it seems like the winds are are always contrary to us? It seems like it's, it's very rare that the winds are at our back, although... 
they are at many times, many more times than we can reflect upon. We often only remember the times that they're contrary to us, and so these winds are contrary. But where do we find Jesus? We find him on the mountaintop, and he's praying. I'm glad that Jesus is our high priest. The Bible says that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Uh, He's a faithful high priest who was in all points tempted like as we, yet without sin. You see, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became man without ceasing to be God so that he might, as one who walked in the flesh upon this earth, intercede for us on our behalf because he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The the insecurities and the things, the weaknesses and the frailties that you go through, Jesus Christ understands them. Now we understand that Jesus was not a sinner. He had no sin nature in him. We understand that. But we know that he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And he intercedes in the presence of the Father on our behalf at all times. That's comforting, isn't it? I I want to confess to you that I, I fail to pray like I should. I would imagine if we took a survey, very few of us would be satisfied with our prayer life. I'd imagine if we were all honest, none of us would be satisfied. But I want to tell you that Jesus never ceases to pray for us. The Son of God is our advocate. He is our intercessor, and he is praying for us as we go through the stormy seas of life. He sees us. He knows our location. He knows our situation, and he is praying for us. So we see the purposes of Christ. We see the prayers of Christ. And then we see, thirdly, the presence of Christ. The purposes of Christ carried out in the storm, the prayers of Christ being offered on our behalf in the midst of the storm, and the presence of Christ among us in the storm. I want you to notice what the Bible says here. In verse 48, And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. Now remember, they're in the midst of this storm. The the water's crashing around them. The the winds and the the visibility is, is very difficult because... It's the fourth watch of the night. It's the darkest part of the night. You imagine that the clouds are covering the light of the moon and the stars, and so it's very difficult to see, and they see Jesus walking on the sea, and they supposed he was a spirit, and they cried out. Verse 50, For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So we see, first of all, as we think about the presence of Christ, he comforted them in their fear. He comforted them. His presence 
among them, comforted them. Notice again what he says, be of good cheer. It is I, <laughs> be not afraid. Oh, the Lord is near us, isn't he? And his word will comfort and cheer us. The word of God will dispel our fears and that's why we must walk continually in his presence. Notice again that once he got into the ship, the wind ceased, verse 51. He went up into them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. The Bible tells us in another account of this same event that once he got into the boat, immediately they were on the other side. They made rapid progress. And it happened so quickly, suddenly, and perhaps so quietly that they didn't even recognize that they had come to the shore until they were there. All of the progress that they had failed to make with Jesus on board, they got exactly where they needed to be. You see, we learn here that we don't have to make progress. We just have to be faithful. And that with him on board, he'll get us to our destination. Oftentimes we live our lives as if it all depends on us and what we do. And we sort of script out our lives. We script out our day. And we do not avail ourselves to the, to the uh, opportunities, at least in our minds. We don't, uh, we don't make preparation for the opportunities that God may have for us and that God uh, will bring into our life and into our day and into our week and into our month. We, we don't even consider that God has other plans than we have. And we get so frustrated trying to fulfill our purposes when God wants us to know all that matters is His purpose and all that matters is His presence. And in His presence, with Him in the boat, they were comforted in their fear and they were conveyed to the other side. And then here's the last thing, and I alluded to it in the very beginning. In the presence of Christ, they were confronted with their unbelief. They were confronted with their unbelief. The Bible says again in verse 51, they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. They thought, how could this have happened? This is amazing. They were carried away with it. That Jesus was able just by stepping into the boat to stop the storm. But they'd seen it before and had forgotten. They had just seen him, as I said a moment ago, feed the 5,000 and provide miraculously. But the Bible said because of the dullness of their hearts, because of the insensitivity uh, of their heart, they did not consider that miracle. The truth of the matter is they did not consider the person who performed that miracle. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When you put your storms in perspective and compare them with the person of Christ, the storms aren't nearly as imposing as we make them out to be, are they? 
And so he confronts them with their unbelief. The fact that they were going through the rituals, the, the fact that they were going through the, the daily experiences, the fact that they were involved in ministry, preaching the message of the gospel of the kingdom, healing people of diseases, casting out demons. That's what the disciples had been doing on their tour of Galilee. They themselves had experienced that power in ministry. And yet the Bible says their heart was hardened. Doesn't that happen to us? Doesn't that happen to us? We get so busy in the affairs of our lives and get so busy in the work of the church and all the things that we have to do and we forget what it's all about. How often do we pass people without any consideration that they do not know the Lord? How often are we burdened for our neighbors? How often are we willing to pray for them? How often are we willing to give them gospel literature? Or how, how often are we willing to invite them to come to church? Why don't we do that? Because our hearts are hard. Life has just dulled us like an anesthetic. It's very difficult for us to feel the pain of the conviction of the Holy Ghost when we're consumed with self, when we're consumed with us, when we're consumed with what we've got to get done. And when we're not consumed with Him and what it is that He wants to get done. And so the presence of Christ confronted them with their unbelief. And I would say to you and submit to you, this is the point of the storm. Jesus knew this, He knew they were going through the motions. He knew, he knew that they were growing cold and indifferent and hard-hearted. And so he sent them in the storm. So that he might reveal to them once again who it is that he is. And by the way, it is after this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, it is after this voyage across the sea that Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? He says, we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, when we're confronted with our lack of faith, when we're confronted with this hardness of heart and unbelief, when we are confronted with the presence and the power of Christ, then we can make that confession. Lord, it's not about me. It's not about what I think you ought to be doing for me. By the way, that's what idolatry is. When we form God in our image. How many times do you hear people say, well, I believe that God is this way, and I believe that God is that way, and the God that I worship is a God who, and you fill in the blanks. That's what we hear from the world every day. Let me tell you, the God that we worship is the God of the Bible. And if we want to know Him, we can only know Him through His Word. We can only know Him through the witness of the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. 
We can only know Him as we seek to obey Him, as we walk by faith, as we seek to fulfill His purposes and plans. And so the presence of Christ confronted them with unbelief. Let me give you the last thing here. We see not only uh, in this passage do we see uh, the purposes of Christ and the prayers of Christ, the fact that He's praying for us, presence of Christ in the storm, but we see the power of Christ in the storm. What happened when Jesus got on the boat? The storm ended. The disciples were on the land. And then something happened in verse 53. The people gathered round about Jesus, and they knew him. Why is it that they knew him? How did they know him? Well, they knew him because they had, many had heard him. But they also knew him because his disciples had preached unto them. And they knew him. And because they knew him, knew who he was, they went to him. Do you know what our message is, our, our mission is as a church? It's not to promote us. It's not to promote Tabernacle Baptist Church. It's to promote the message of Jesus Christ. It is to introduce people to Jesus. Uh, yesterday visiting, I was made aware in my own heart by the Holy Spirit that we don't visit people just to get them to come to church. We visit people to get them to know Jesus. We're not here just to build a congregation. We're here to tell people about Jesus. That's our sole purpose. This is what God has called us to do. And so as they came across the sea the people who had heard of him, the people who knew somebody who had been healed by him, they knew somebody who's, uh, who had uh, a demon-possessed family member that had been delivered by him. Uh, once they knew that he was there, what did they do? Verse 55, they ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. Now we talk about the man born of four. Remember that story? In Galilee, they opened the roof, they let down the man because they couldn't get into the house. But here we find there's not just four guys carrying beds, there's a whole group of people carrying people on beds. You see, once they heard about one person who did that, they all got an idea, we need to all do that. I was thinking, if each of us decided that we were going to bring somebody to church, we wouldn't have room enough for them, would we? We think, well, we have a ministry and we have people who go out and visit and they compel people to come in. They go pick them up in a bus and bring them in. But what if all of us decided, hey, that's not just certain people's job, that's my job. That's my job. By the way, is it your job? 
These guys said, look, if it worked for that, that fella, we're going to bring everybody we know in these beds. We, they can't get out and walk, so we're going to bring them to Jesus. How many people do you know? They don't have the initiative and the understanding that they need to be in church. I mean, they, they, they don't really care about a hymn book or a, the pastor or the announcements or any of that stuff. They don't even know who, they, they, they don't even understand why they ought to come to church. <laughs> we, we need to help them. We need to get them in the beds and bring them to us. To Jesus, not to us, to Jesus. That's what they did. Wherever they heard he was, they came. Verse 56. And whithersoever he entered, into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. They'd heard that story too, hadn't they? They heard about that woman with the issue of blood. Don't you imagine the disciples on their preaching tour told that story? Absolutely. Wouldn't you have told it? Let me tell you about the, the woman with the issue of blood. How she came in and touched the hem of his garment. Well, listen, they heard that story. They thought, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And as they did, they were made whole. But what is it that Christ has called us to do? He's called us to declare him. And we find here that he will use the storm to make himself known. We see here his purposes. We understand that in the storm he's praying for us. We understand that he is present with us in the storm. And he is working in the hearts of his disciples to compel them even further in faith and in obedience to his command. And then we see his power as it is manifest in the storm. Maybe tonight you're going through a storm. I want you to know that God sees you and he's praying for you. And understand that the purpose of that storm, though you may not fully understand what it is, understand that God will advance his purposes in your life and in his kingdom through that storm. That God will reveal himself to you in a greater way. I remember going through a very trying time some years ago, a very difficult time, a time of uncertainty, a time of upheaval. I remember going through that period of time not fully understanding what was happening. All I knew is the winds were contrary. All I knew is that the waves were crashing in on me. All I knew is that I was toiling. I was doing the best I could. I was toiling and rowing, but it just didn't seem like anything was getting any better. And I went through that storm for an extended period of time. And then one day, a ray of sunlight began to break through the clouds. The howling winds 
calm, the waves stilled, and I found that Jesus had been there with me all along. I remember meeting with some people in particular and hearing some of the things that began to make sense to me. For months, very little made sense to me. But as I met and heard their comments, I began to see some things more clearly than I had seen them before. And it seemed as if God was just putting all the pieces together for me. It was a very difficult night, I'll be honest with you. But can I tell you who was near to me on that night? Jesus. He was so near to me. I remember going home that evening, and I remember sitting down in our dining room, and I remember passages of Scripture flooding my heart that God was my shield and my buckler. He was my strong and mighty tower. And I was able to run to him. And he was there. I remember when my father was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. I remember when we took him to get a blood transfusion that he never received because the cancer had progressed to the state that they weren't going to give him a blood transfusion. They said to us, your father will either have to be admitted into the emergency room or he will have to go to hospice care. That was a stormy day. There was a moment in time when my dad in clarity and in strength set up in that bed and looked in, in my eyes and he said to me, I love you. He didn't have to say anything else. He said a volume to me because he let me know that he knew what was happening. And he let me know that he was at peace. And I cannot tell you what strength he gave me and what peace the Lord Jesus gave me in the midst of that storm and that trial. He was with me. And I don't want to get so busy in all of this and I don't want to get so dull in all of this work of God and ministry of the church that when I go through the next storm I'm amazed that he delivered me I ought to be thankful that he's delivered me before and I ought to be confident that he will deliver me again I ought not to be moved from fulfilling his purpose <clears throat> the Bible said that we <clears throat> are to speak things that edify but when we're going through a storm how quickly we begin to question everything the Bible said whatsoever is not of faith is of sin 
when we're going through a storm, we begin to wonder, is God going to deliver us? <laughs> is everything going to work out okay? And what the Lord is doing is he's confronting us with our unbelief. And he's revealing to us his presence and his person. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.